Hey, really quick before we get into this episode, if you're hearing this intro, it means that my new podcast with my friend Veronica called Socially Unfiltered has officially launched and we would love for you to join us over there. I wanted to make sure I put this intro before all of the previous episodes of the Social Media Survival Guide podcast because just so much has changed since these episodes were published, but the content in these episodes still holds a very special place in my heart. So you may hear some links or some Instagram handles that I'm no longer using being mentioned in these episodes. So I just wanted to give you one place where you knew you could find everything. If you want to keep up with me, Lex, on Instagram, my Instagram handle is at justlexpage, J-U-S-T-L-E-X-P-A-I-G-E. And that's where you can find all of my social media content. It's where you can find all of the different ways we can work together and all of the resources I have to help you survive social media. And like I said, some links may be outdated. So if you're interested in any of my guides, any of my templates, or any of my resources for helping you survive social media, you can find everything at stan.store slash page, and I'll link everything in this description. But come join us over on the new podcast. Again, it's called Socially Unfiltered. You can find us on Instagram at sociallyunfilteredpod. You can find the podcast where wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, I'll link everything in this episode description. Whether this is your first time listening to the Social Media Survival Guide or your millionth re-listen, thank you for being here. But I'm so excited to start this new journey with you. So please come hang out with us over on Socially Unfiltered. We would love to have you. But for now, I'll let you get into the episode that you were trying to listen to. And hopefully I'll see you over there. Enjoy. Welcome to the Social Media Survival Guide, a paid media co-podcast all about surviving social media. We'll go on deep dives into what goes on behind the scenes in this industry, interviews with some of the most badass business owners sharing their own experiences, and we'll learn all about the tools and resources you need to survive social media. I'm your host, Lex, and I'm just surviving social media one day at a time. Let's get into it. Hi, hello, happy Friday. We made it. We did it. If you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, I would like to start this episode by saying there is a huge, huge, huge thunderstorm right now, like some of the loudest thunder I have ever heard. And if you can hear the feedback through the mic, I'm so incredibly sorry. I am literally sitting like half in my closet in my office because I want the sound on this to be okay. Like, I can't believe you can't hear the thunder through the feedback right now. But if you hear anything crazy, that's probably what it is. So before I talk about why today is so exciting, I am just going to plug everything really quick. So if we're not already, let's stay connected on your favorite social media platform. My name is Lex. I am your host. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok, both at Page Media Co, P-A-I-G-E Media Co. You can also find everything on my website, pagemediaco.com. And I know that that can be a little bit confusing because the title of this podcast is the Social Media Survival Guide. Eventually, the Survival Guide will be a standalone website and a standalone Instagram platform and a standalone alone community. Right now it's kind of intertwined with Page Media Co., but while I'm in the process of kind of separating those and making sure that, you know, small business owners and social media managers both have a safe space to rely on somewhere on the internet, you can find everything on pagemediaco.com. And then what we're going to be talking about today will heavily rely on the template shop. So you can find the template shop at pagemediaco.com slash the template shop. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what's inside of the template shop and it directly relates back to what today's episode is about. But before we do that, I want to just talk about some social media things that have happened over the last uh, week or that we may not have completely caught up on. And also stay till the end of this episode and I'll give you a code to get a discount in the template shop. Okay, so one of the main things that I want to talk about is that Instagram has officially announced or updated its 
algorithm and, you know, told us that they are now putting more focus on original content and they have added some new ways to tag and just improve tagging features such as product tags, enhanced tags, and they are, again, officially ranking for originality. So these were all three new features that came from head of Instagram and a quote that's really sticking out from, you know, his interview or just kind of his announcement videos that if you create something from scratch, you should get more credit than if you are resharing something that you found from someone else. We're going to do more to try and value original content, particularly compared to reposted content. So what does that mean exactly? So this isn't necessarily saying, you know, original content in the way that you're repurposing it from TikTok. I mean, we always say to take the TikTok watermark off of your TikToks if you're going to post them to Reels. And if you don't use snaptick.app to get that watermark off, that is not an ad. That's not sponsored. That's just legitimately how everybody gets the watermark off their TikTok if you weren't sure. So like Adam even said, the idea is if you make it, it's original and it's okay if you edited it inside or outside of Instagram and then bring it into Instagram. So really what this is kind of stemming from is there has been a huge problem or kind of situation arising. I I believe that Adam Masori's addressment of this was sparked by two very large creators who were essentially just stealing other people's content, posting it to their page. And the best kind of example I can give of this is, so when you look at a meme page, it's not the person's original content. Like they're essentially just out there finding finding the funniest videos and then repurposing them to their own platform. If you give credit where credit's due, I don't want to say that I would promote that activity. I don't think it's good to post somebody else's content, but then, you know, you dive into, again, like those meme pages and how okay is it that these people are sharing but giving credit, but what Instagram is saying is that if you are essentially just reposting other people's content, you're not going to be prioritized and how they're going to keep track of that is you know, very, there's meta tags on everything. So like, even if it doesn't say where the original video came from, 99% of the time, something like an Instagram algorithm can figure out if it's original or not. I think this just goes to protect creators even more than they already were before, which is something that we, of course, always want to see out of Instagram. I just hate that this was prompted by, you know, some pretty big creators just essentially stealing people's content. But it's good to see Instagram taking a stand about it. So that's something that's exciting. Something else that I noticed on social media today recently was that Facebook is adding music clips in comments to your replies. Like you can now in your responses on Facebook, right where like the GIF sticker is or the emoji or the Bitmoji buttons are, the camera where you want to add a picture, you can now add music. I haven't really played with it. I've noticed it. I saw social media today post about it and looked into it. And I don't think they're trying to go full MySpace, but with an option to add a song, it just really throws me back to that. So that's really cool. I don't really use Facebook. I kind of just use it to manage my clients' Facebook pages. I don't post on there. I think I have changed my profile picture one time in the last like five years. I don't really do anything with it, but it is a really cool feature. Meta has also announced the launch of their first retail store to showcase its hardware products. So this is so interesting to me because looking at the picture, it looks like an Apple store. And it's so weird to me to think like, are Meta and Apple going to continue to coexist in this space where they're both, you know, the same end goal or is this something that they'll eventually come together on but looking at the meta store again in this picture you can see things like the vr headsets so like they've always had that and then 
something that I'm reading here. They're also using their products to show things like their portal. So like Facebook portal and to like make phone calls and stuff. It's all really cool. Do I think it's necessary? No, but that's because I'm not their target audience. And for the people who are their target audience, they're probably really pumped about this. For me, I don't really want to do like VR fishing or VR boxing. And I'm not saying it's not cool. It's just not something that I would invest thousands of dollars into. But again, I'm not their target audience. I can respect somebody who does fill that gap. And I think that's what they're doing. Something else that they're also promoting is the Ray-Ban glasses. So does anybody else remember when Snapchat sunglasses came out? You literally would wear them and I, I don't have any idea how they worked, but essentially you could like capture 15 second clips and use them on your Snapchat story. Apparently the Ray-Ban stories are the same thing. They've just kind of upgraded the quality of them. They're no longer like those plastic glasses you would get at like a rave in 2011 ray-bans and it's it's such an immersive experience and just to feel like we're putting something like a camera right in front of our eyes i don't know the whole thing is just weird but that's something else that they are selling in these meta hardware stores and last but not least twitter agreed to sell itself to elon musk for 44 billion dollars and the reason i bring this up again twitter is not relevant to me i don't use twitter one of my clients uses Twitter and it's it's helpful. It's just not something I've ever spent a ton of time investing into for my own business or for my own brands. And again, no heat against it. It is a really valuable tool when it's used correctly. But again, I'm not Twitter's target audience. So it's hard for me to have, you know, kind of a solid opinion on that. However, my boyfriend asked me recently if I thought that Twitter was going to be relevant in about five years. And it took me a minute to think about it. But here's my thing with Elon Musk buying Twitter. And again, I'm not the target demographic, so it's really hard for me to have like a valid input on this. But from the social media side of things, this is how I see it going. So when it comes to social media platforms, they each have their own amount of you know, filtered in regularity that they have to go through in order to allow their users to post certain types of content, right? So like, I would argue that Instagram is probably one of the most strict. And I would argue that Twitter is probably one of the least strict. And this comes down to things like the type of content you're posting. You can't post anything super graphic. You can't post anything super like sexually explicit on Instagram because you'll get flagged for it. Your account will be banned. However, on Twitter, it's a little bit more like anything goes. My response to my boyfriend asking if I thought Twitter would be relevant in five years was if it continues on the path that they're on right now, yes, because they will continue to be. And I also want to preface this conversation happens like right before Elon said that he was buying Twitter or like wanted to buy Twitter. So now reading this just like in a, like a social media today article just makes me feel like I, I might know what I'm talking about a little bit. But Twitter essentially, in my opinion, it will stay relevant if they continue to allow their users to post whatever they want, do whatever they want, be that kind of free for all platform. And again, I think there's a time and a place for that. I think Twitter can easily serve as that purpose, but it also depends on where the head of Twitter wants it to go. And again, I was answering this before, you know, it was official that Elon bought it, but if the current owners of Twitter wanted to keep it this like freedom of speech and do whatever you want, post whatever you want, this is your platform, you own all of your content, blah, blah, blah. If they wanted to keep it that way, that would be one thing, but that makes it a very, very dangerous place. Look at Reddit. I mean, you can go to the most simple, which I love Reddit. I love Reddit. I go to Reddit for things faster than I go to Google for things. And if you don't actively use Reddit, just, I know it can be really confusing at first. So is every other platform that you get on, but also just like, be careful. 
like where you're clicking around it's really easy to get to the dark side of reddit like, within a few clicks so anyway it's i there's places like reddit where it truly is just like a free-for-all and there's not really any filtering i mean there is but it's so relevant to the platform and again just it's a little bit more of anything goes if twitter wants to protect its users and have this sort of like sensitive blanket over it which is fine i'm not saying it's sensitive in a way where it's a bad sensitive it's just protecting their younger viewers and protecting the younger users that are on twitter and from what they're seeing it really just kind of comes down to what the head of twitter wants and that's where elon musk stepped in and said i want to purchase this so that we can keep the freedom of speech i want twitter to be whatever it wants to be i want people to be able to say whatever they want to say and i mean donald trump was kicked off of twitter the president of the united states was kicked off of twitter for abusing his freedom of speech and i just think it's such a dangerous fine line that we walk with you know i'm not gonna get political here but with freedom of speech and with being allowed to say and do what we want within a respectful box essentially is where i see twitter going but again i think with elon in charge it really will just become so much more of a free-for-all and just kind of post and do whatever you want and again if that's what you want to go for that's fine i just it's wild to me to see somebody has purchased twitter but anyway because this episode comes out on friday and i record them earlier in the week any of these that are you know developing stories may have changed a little but as of tuesday april 26th this is the current update with everything but i have something else really exciting that i want to say before we actually get into the meat of this episode so i have a new way to ask me anything so if you have ever said to somebody i want to pick your brain let's grab some coffee i'll ask you a couple questions my schedule is really busy and i don't mean that in a way where i'm like i'm too busy to go do that it's just yes i would love to i would love to go sit down and have an unfiltered open and honest conversation with you but just due to scheduling restrictions it's just not really possible so i have a new way to ask me anything which is where i'm going to pull questions from for ask me anything episodes of the podcast to inspire new pieces of content so if you go to pagemediaco.com slash ask me anything you can anonymously pick my brain because again the amount of time someone is like can we go get coffee i just have a couple questions and like yes i would love to but i would also love if you left your question here so i can answer it on an ask me anything episode of the podcast or use it to inspire a new piece of content because if one person is asking that question more people are thinking it that's what life has taught me so i would rather take these questions that you want to ask and let you ask them anonymously like you can ask them privately there is a spot to leave your name or your handle if you want to but you don't have to it can be completely anonymous so whether it's about being a small business owner being a social media manager being a small business on social media whatever it is pagemediaco.com ask me anything is now your official headquarters to do exactly that and ask me anything but today we are going to talk about the importance of branding yourself and providing a super immersive and flawless client experience and workflow. And this is all going to tie in exactly with the template shop coming out today. And before we actually get into it again, I just want to say this. I did not create the template shop or even the social media survival guide as a way to serve as just passive income, right? So everybody here is like, oh, create a course, create templates, sell them. Like you can make money in your sleep, blah, 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 blah. And I know that that can be what it seems, but please just hear me out. From the day that I started this business and from the day that the guide came out, I swore up and down I would keep myself accessible and keep these resources as accessible as possible. And because my schedule is filling up and I'm working full-time between my clients and my own business, it's just not leaving me with a ton of time that I can be working hands-on with people. And 
I was recently asked if I would do mentoring one-on-one for new or aspiring social media managers, and I would love to. The problem is that right now I just don't have the time with focusing what I'm focusing on. I think after the summer, like maybe sometime in fall, I'll be able to open up a program like that, but I, I would really want to dive into it and make sure that it's everything that I find valuable for current or aspiring social media managers. So again, it's just about time of putting that together because I don't have as much time as I would like to be working hands-on and one-on-one with social media managers. I just took the most commonly asked questions in my DMs and I turned them into templates that you no longer have to wait for a response. You have my exact workflow and the process is right there available for you. And again, these are not meant to serve as good luck, have the best time, you're gonna do great. Like this is something that I wanted to provide not in a way that I want to like send you out to do your own thing and you're on your own and you have this template so you're good to go now is I wanted to be able to give you a piece of the puzzle in a little bit more accessible way so right now the only place that oh sorry if you can hear my coffee right now the only place that these templates were available or up until today they were only available inside of the social media managers survival guide so again the, the guide is filled with tons and tons and tons of resources, hundreds of, you know, video trainings and chapters to learn from. And it's only $99. And again, same with that. My goal was to keep it as accessible and realistic for somebody as possible, even though I know deep down in my heart, it's worth so much more than that. But all of these templates are inside of the guide. So they're all just like little pieces of the puzzles that you get inside of the guide. However, these templates provide answers to the most frequently asked questions in my DM. So it only felt right to make them a little bit more accessible, which is how the template shop was born. And while I always want to strive to provide value for you, even if it's not in the form of you purchasing anything for me, I do want to talk about the importance of these templates in this episode relating back to having a simplified workflow and having a professional branding that you're proud of and having a client experience that your client is pumped to work with you from day one. So Those are kind of the three categories that these templates are broken into. I'm just gonna kind of go in order how I want to address these and just kind of fit the templates in where they fit. But again, pagemediacode.com slash the template shop, you can get all of them. And I know I said wait until the end, but I'm gonna put it right here just in case you don't. You can use the code THANKYOU10, so T-H-A-N-K-Y-O-U, number one, number zero, to take 10% off of your first template shop purchase. So what is the importance of these templates. So the first thing I want to touch on is why it's important to have a personal brand. Okay, so having a personal brand or even just offering branding as a service to potential clients. So some of the templates in the shop are going to be the branding questionnaire, the brand kit presentation, the Instagram branding presentation, the brand board and mood board bundle. So what these templates serve for is you do need a brand. You need to be recognizable as a brand. You need to be memorable as a brand. Now your brand goes so much deeper than just a logo and a pretty color palette. It's your tone of voice. It's your personality. It's the way that you type. It's the way that you speak. It's your mission that you have. It's the vision that you have. It's the values that your business has that matches who you want to connect with in the world. And my biggest thing that I tell people when it comes to your personal brand is you need to think about how your brand is going to change the world. And I know when you hear that, it sounds super vast and it might sound like way bigger than where you are right now, but having that brand and having somebody be able to look at a piece of content and say to themselves, I know exactly who posted this without even having to look at who posted it. That's your goal with your personal brand. So with that personal brand and inside of things like the branding questionnaire, it's going to walk you through exactly how to establish your personal brand. You know, what questions are important to ask not only yourself, but if you're offering branding as a client service. 
And, you know, how far you want to take your personal brand, what avenues you plan on going down, that's all going to be so unique to you. So the branding questionnaire, again, really just helps you to identify things like your brand visuals. So that's going to be all of the tangible things that you see, like fonts and colors and imagery. But it's also going to help you narrow down your brand vision, you know, where your brand sees itself in the world and your brand mission. You know, what is your brand's mission to change the world? What do you stand for what is important to you and then it's also going to help you narrow down things again like your voice and your personality the brand kit presentation is meant to go hand in hand with that branding questionnaire so it's important you know not only to store your own branding elements but again if you're offering this for a client or as a service it's important to have a professional and cohesive way to present it to them so the brand kit presentation pulls all of the elements from the questionnaire and has a place for you to put these answers to present it to your clients. So that branding questionnaire is something that would usually just stay between you or between you and the client. And then from there, you would put that energy into creating something like a brand kit presentation. And this just is easy for the client to digest. It's easy for them to see all of the different elements that you've put together for them. And then there is also the Instagram branding and feed mock-up as well. So I used to offer Instagram branding as a service where we don't necessarily go super in depth to your visuals and your values it's it's mostly people coming to you when they have an idea of what they want their page to look like and that's why i stop it is just instagram branding it's not instagram strategy i'm not telling you what to post you're not telling them what to post but my instagram branding would include things like a profile picture custom highlight covers a revamped bio and a before and after of their feed with some templates that they could use so like posting templates and just kind of what their feed would look like afterwards so something that always caught my clients eyes was that I had it set up in their presentation like it's on a phone. So when you're looking at this presentation, there's a phone on the slide and it looks like it's open to my clients or to this branding Instagram page. And it's really easy for your clients to visualize these changes that you're making for them being implemented because you have given them a full on mock-up of what their Instagram page is gonna look like. So this Instagram branding and feed mock-up is something that could go hand in hand with the brand kit presentation or is something that if you just wanna offer Instagram branding as a service, this is gonna be perfect for you. It's so easy to use, everything's done in Canada but you do not need a pro version, but it's as simple as dragging and drop. And then one last thing for branding from the template shop is gonna be the brand and mood board bundle. So what this is, is it comes with five different mood boards and five different brand boards. So a brand board is essentially where you categorize the most important elements. So it's usually your logo, your sub marks, your fonts, your colors, and maybe a quick mood board. And that's what this brand and mood board bundle is meant to serve. So I like to give this to branding clients. It's kind of like a condensed version of what we put together in their brand kit presentation. And it's usually like a one or two page PDF. It's super simple to just, you know, leave in an accessible place for when your client is making content or for when you are making content for them. You just always have that reference sheet to go off of. So that's one of my favorite packs in here where it's essentially everything you need to brand all of the questions that you have to ask and then all of the different ways you can present it. So one of the next things that is so, so important is your client onboarding experience. And this is important for so many reasons. So what I want to start with is doing a little visualization. Let's do a little visualization practice together, shall we? Okay. So this is what it's like comparing a real life situation to your client experience. So imagine you go to this new store, right? It's a new clothing store. You've heard really, really good things. You've seen their clothes. You love the clothes. You're so excited to go shop there. It has been on your to-do list 
all week. It's finally Friday. You're so excited to go spend your time on a Friday night shopping at this new store. You've been hyping it up all week. You've heard good things from your friends. Okay, so you pull up to this store. The outside looks beautiful. You can see the clothing from the windows from outside and you're like, yes, this is just my style. I'm so pumped to be here, right? So now you walk inside and it might take an employee a little bit too long to greet you right? So like you walk in, you might not have any idea where to go. You've never been there before. You don't know what the experience is like. You have no idea what to expect. Sometimes it helps when somebody approaches you and asks if you need any help, right? So let's say you walk in, you're just kind of like meandering around and you run into one of the employees and you're like, hey, can I ask you a quick question? Like, where do I find this section? And they look at you like you have 10 heads. You'd be like, okay, that's weird, but I guess I'll find it. Like, I'll figure it out. So you go exploring again and you're just kind of like wandering around this store and you had that one bad experience, but it's like, okay, I can put that behind me. Might have just been a road bump. Let's keep going. But just keep in mind, no employee has said a single word to you the entire time you're in this store. When you get to the register, you hand the cashier all the things you want to purchase. And again, they don't say anything. So you stand there and you're just kind of like, okay, waiting for them to instruct you what to do next. Because as much as we don't realize out in public places and going to places like a business or a store, there's unwritten social cues. So again, put yourself back at the register you assume now that you want a products you have to pay for them so you kind of wait for the cashier to like tell you a total tell you how much money it's going to be ask for your card or ask for cash ask how you're paying ask for your apple pay ask for your chip like let's be you know 2022 inclusive here and that just never happens so you stand there with your card out and you're like okay what do i do now like i want to take these clothing items home with me but they're not giving me a chance to do that like what do I do? That situation is essentially the same thing as going into working with a client and not having your workflows down, right? So say a client comes to you and they're like, I want to work with you. What do I do? What's the next steps? How do I pay you? And you're like, I don't even have an invoicing platform. I have no way to accept a payment from you. It's so important to have your client workflow set up before you actively start taking clients on. And it's important to know what you need from them in the beginning to make sure that your time together is going to work out. So now that we have left the socially damaging store, we're no longer in that store. We're going somewhere that we know is reliable and somewhere that we know they'll accept our card when we want to pay them and somewhere that we know they'll help us when we walk through the door and is just as beautiful and fits a little bit more with what we're looking for. And it's again, that's how quick somebody can decide to work with you is just based off of that very first interaction that you have. So let's talk about simplifying your workflows and how the template shop can play a little tiny piece in that. So when it comes to simplifying your workflows, you wanna make sure that you have a place and a way for potential clients to connect with you. Whether that's providing your email somewhere on your profile or encouraging them to DM you or having something like Calendly set up so they can book a free discovery call with you, something to open that first door. The reason that I recommend using something like Calendly, which I believe is about $10 a month, is because you can automate so much of it. You can automate the Zoom link being sent. You can automate the thank you message being sent. You can automate what's being sent to your client, you know, as the next steps after their free discovery call. It's so important to save time where you can so that you can put that time back into more important things, you know, like creating your client's content. So after you have that booking link set up or that initial step that 
potential clients can take to connect with you. It's important to have, you know, your discovery call workflow set up, not only where you are prepared with the questions that you're asking, but also you've done a little bit of research on them. Maybe you get a feel for who they are, get a feel for what their business is and their brand, make sure you would be a good fit to work together. But then let's say you do the discovery call, the client's so on board, they're so pumped, they're so ready to work with you, and you're like, I don't even know where to start right now, right? So after that discovery call, and your own personal process, your own personal workflow is going to work a little bit different than mine and probably a little bit different of a way than I'll explain it, but the template shop and this workflow just gives you somewhere to start from. So I'm not saying that what I do is correct. I'm not saying that it's the only way to do things. I'm just saying start here, see what works for you, get rid of what doesn't work for you, add in your own twist, make sure it's personalized to your, and you will be able to nail down the easiest client workflow you've ever had. So after that discovery call, let's say they're ready to move forward with you. One of the first things that I recommend sending is a proposal, which again, this ties in one of the most frequently asked questions in my DM is what do I put on a proposal? So on a proposal, I like to include a recap of everything that we talked about on our call just to show that I have an understanding of who they are and I am interested in learning more about their business and I have a grasp on, you know, again, who they are so far. But I also like to include their custom package or the services that I believe would be most beneficial to them and give them a couple options. And in that proposal, there's a contact page, there's a next steps page. So this will allow you to tell your client what to do next. Do they go to your calendar and book an onboarding call? Do they wait for your email? Do you need them to tell you that they are accepting the proposal, which usually yes, it'll just always work a little bit different. However, your workflow is set up, but usually I recommend just sending over the proposal and having them email you if they do want to move forward. So that's where the proposal template in the shop will come in handy is, again, it's, these aren't just templates with like filler text in them. These are templates that are fully filled out, all questions ready to go. Obviously, you're going to have to plug and play some of your own elements just because I can't speak on behalf of your business, but I can give you the foundation that I use in my business to help you build your own. So again, that proposal is in there, so you'll see it in the Temple Shop under Social Media Management Client Proposal, and that will include everything that I recommend sending after you have a discovery call. Now, from that proposal, there's most likely going to be an onboarding process. For when you are bringing this client on, and actually I don't even mean most likely, there is going to be, there most likely is going to be a workflow that you establish to make that process as easy as possible. So one of the main things is going to be the client onboarding questionnaire. So what this questionnaire includes is everything that you should and can gather from your client during your onboarding session. So I'll just read some of the questions in here just so you can get a feel for So some of the questions from inside of the client onboarding questionnaire. So you'll start with a thank you page and just saying, here's what's coming next. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you the best service. I just have to gather all of this information. And then you're going to start with some basics, you know, their name. Obviously, at this point, you should know the client's name, but it's just good to have a secure place that you're storing all of this information. So you'll have their email, things like their website, the desired start date. You're going to have them tell you a little bit about themselves, have them tell you a little bit about their business. Are there certain days or times that you're available for calls or for approval processes, anything like that? And then you'll get into the basics that usually clients will have when they're coming to you unless they haven't gone through an actual branding process. So things like their logos or their hex codes or the names of their fonts and where you can find them or download them. And then there's going to be some pages about their goals and the value of working together. You're going to learn a little bit about their audience, learn a little bit about their voice and how they like to portray themselves on social media. 
And then you'll dive into the actual socials. So you'll learn a little bit about what are they doing for their socials? Is it just them running it? Have they ever outsourced for something like this in the past? What are some goals that they think they need improvement on their social media? And then you'll talk about your expectations. You know, how often would you like to receive updated reports? Are you the main point of contact? And you can put things in there like your own communication guidelines, like office hours and things like that. And then there's, of course, a page to gather all of their social media logins, which of course is going to be very important. There are some notes pages and then there is a client agreement in here as well. Just saying everything in this onboarding questionnaire is true to the best of my ability. I have agreed to this package. Now, full disclaimer, this agreement is not meant to serve as your contract. That is not what it is. But that's where I usually start. So again, after that onboarding questionnaire, I will have received a lot of information back from the client. Now, what I like to include somewhere in this flow. Sometimes I send it before the onboarding questionnaire. Sometimes I send it after is a new client welcome guide. And this is something else that you'll find inside of the template shop is that new client welcome guide. Inside of here, it will give you an opportunity to break down everything. So you are going to find pages like a welcome page, an introduction page about you, your values, your vision, your mission, what to expect for your clients. So you can put some expectations. There is a project summary page. So you can, again, summarize what you're doing, what your agreement is on, the goals that you have set together, the project process, the timeline, any key dates. You can put your client checklist in there. So if there's anything that you need from your client at a certain time or a certain date, you can put that in here. And then content requirements in the approval process. I like to walk my client through what the approval process is like. So I personally use a Google Sheets. It is a freebie on my website that you can get. And that's how I do the approval process. But I like to put just kind of like screenshots in there of what they're going to expect, how they approve things, where they can put their notes, etc. I also like to include any resources. For example, one of the things I require my clients to do is to create a Planoly profile so that I can add them as a user on my account. And that way they're able to see all of their scheduled posts. So I give them the resources that they need. So if you use any sort of additional third-party apps like Metricool or Preview or Planoly, anything like that, Later, Monday, Asana, all of them, those are the resources I like to provide. I also like to include the operating hours and communication guidelines just so you guys are on the same page, you and your client are on the same page, what is being accepted where. I also like to include their investment breakdown, so just showing what their monthly investment is going to be and what they're getting in return. There is also an invoice template in here, so if you don't have an actual invoicing platform, you can include all the different ways that they can pay. There is a next step section. So again, I like to just always tell the client what's coming next, what to expect, what I need from them. I like to include an FAQs and a testimonials page just because those are two of the things super important. One, people obviously are frequently asking these questions, so it's important to include, but then also the testimonials will just give your new client that peace of mind that they made the right choice by investing in you because you've worked with a lot of other really happy people. And then this is super unique to not not only my business, I, I know there's other people that do this. I have a referral program and I did list like what my actual referral program is inside of this. So what my referral program is, is for every person that I work with, if they refer me to somebody who books on for a three month or more package, I reward them. And one of the first steps is that they get an Amazon gift card. And then the next one is that they'll get, you know, a cash gift card or like a Visa gift card, whatever. And then the next like the highest up, like if they have referred three different people to me, they essentially get a percentage off of monthly service. So the more, you know, good word that is being spread about you and your business, the more you're 
current clients get rewarded. And it's not to make them feel like working with them isn't good enough and you need other people. It's it just word of mouth is a very underutilized form of marketing, in my opinion, and people like to be rewarded for the shit they do. So referral program, implement it. Okay, so that workflow would be sending out that new client welcome guide at some point in that workflow. Now, once you have them onboarded, you've done the onboarding questionnaire, you've told them what to expect, your next steps are kind of up to you and it's going to be so dependent on what service you're offering. So if you're offering something like full-time management, I would recommend an onboarding call just to kind of lay out what are we posting? When are we posting it? Am I doing the strategy? Am I laying this out? Are you going to get this content? When can we have this ready? Just to kind of answer all of those questions, you know, and that's going to depend on what you've designated as the start date. When are you officially starting? When is the official first post going up? Questions like that are going to highly influence your workflow, but I recommend doing some sort of official onboarding call after you get them all set up and ready to go. There's some other templates in here that I want to make sure to talk about. So one of them is technically a workbook and it's called defining and pricing your services as a social media manager. So again, one of the number one questions that I get asked is what do I price my services as? How much am I worth? What is the value of this package? And unfortunately, there's not ever going to be a solid answer for that. However, I have come up with a formula that I like to explain to people about how to price your packages. It starts with an hourly rate. However, I would like to disclaim that I do not recommend charging hourly packages because it puts more value on your time rather than your expertise. But I like to use that hourly rate to get a starting point for each of your packages. So what's inside of the defining and pricing your social media management services workbook is that exact workflow, how to go through and price your services, how to list out what comes in each of your packages. And it also includes almost a hundred different services that you can offer as a social media manager. So it's broken down in the way where it goes based on the platforms that you like, because that is what I usually recommend starting with, figure out what you like and what you're good at and see where it fits into your packages. So if you like content creation, check out Instagram management. If you enjoy copywriting, check out blog posts, check out email copyright. Like I tried to put in as many different services as possible into this list so that it gives you somewhere to go off of. And these aren't the only services that you can offer. They're not the only services that exist, but having almost a hundred different services listed out in front of you really kind of helps to see what you like and what you're gravitating towards. And it's broken down by platform. So like there are services for Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, website, email, photography, videography, all of the above. So it kind of starts there and then those are the umbrella categories and there's a bunch of different services within each of those categories. So that workbook will not only, again, help you figure out what your services are, but to price them, which is super, super important. And then the other template inside of the template shop is the services guide. So once you've gone through that defining and pricing your social media management services workbook, I recommend organizing your services in a super easy to digest way that when somebody comes to you and they're like, hey, I want to work with you, you're very easily able to be like, here's my services guide, take a look through and the last page has the next steps. So that makes it super simple from your customer kind of landing in front of you, figuring out what service they want to work with you for and showing them exactly how much it's going to cost if you choose to put that in here. So inside of your services guide, it has some cover pages, a welcome page, introduction page, and just kind of explaining who you are. It gives you a chance to explain your values, your vision, your mission, and just kind of what to expect if you were 
to work together. And then there's a bunch of different ways to break down your services. You can put together some pre-made packages. You can explain the different payment options, how to work with you, client testimonials. There's some decorative and like cute quote pages, some FAQs, and then also a call to action page. So again, I like to always leave people with that call to action or just kind of what to do next. Like if you can tell somebody what to do next, they're more likely to do it, which is exactly how I feel with, you know, bringing on a new client. If you can hand them your services broken down in an easy to digest and easy to understand way, and then that last page is your call to actions, here's my link to book a free discovery call. That's getting them into that next part of your workflow. I will admit that I used to have kind of this negative connotation with the word workflow or funnel, and it was because to me, you just hear so many people talking about it in a way where it's all about getting people in your funnel, and once you get them in your funnel, you can sell to them and blah, blah, blah. And it's not always about selling. And I know as somebody in marketing, that kind of sounds crazy, but it's not. More often than not, I would rather be connecting with people in a genuine and valuable way rather than focusing on selling to them. And that was kind of the mindset that I had to get over with implementing things like these workflows, because let me tell you, hand to God, when I finally got all of my workflows kind of set up and where I was happy with them, it changed not only my own experience with my business, but it changed my potential and new clients experience. It made it easy, it made it simple, and changed my life, changed my business. Being totally transparent was, I never had anything like this when I started out. When I first started doing social media management, it was as simple as somebody Venmoing me $500 to run their account part-time. It was super simple. And obviously that most ideal way to go about things is what's the least amount of work. However, again, from firsthand experience, it's going to come back to bite you in the ass. If you don't get your things set up properly from the beginning, trying to implement them when you already have a functioning business is so hard. For example, when I started to implement all of these workflows, I had to see where I was at in my own business to make sure that when I started implementing, it made sense. So like if I had somebody who was partway through the onboarding process, it wouldn't really make sense for me to go back and send them the onboarding questionnaire if I've already gotten all of that information from them, right? But the way that I got all of that information from them was back and forth in dozens of emails, three different Zoom calls, having them fill out a Google form. It just had so many steps that at the end of the day were super unnecessary. So being able to produce something like the template shop and being able to give you the steps of this workflow, I, I want you to use it again. I didn't create this as a way to like sit back and just like rack in money. Like the templates are literally $5. Like it's not like I'm going to be making 10 grand a month off of these things. I did not do it as a way to again, just see the number in my bank account go up. I did this because these are the number one questions that I was being asked in my DMs. And the fact that I just don't have enough time in the day to answer everybody's questions right away, it, it breaks my heart and I want to be able to help, which is why I not only implemented the template shop, but the ask me anything. I want you to have a safe place to go to be able to ask these questions. And I know I say this like every episode, the guide is getting a huge revamp and it's eventually going to serve as all of this in one place. The Social Media Manager Survival Guide right now has a community element to it in the idea that you can comment on each of the chapters, but there's not like one centralized for social media managers to all go to, to rely on each other, to ask questions. I also want to open up this new space to small business owners and be able to connect these business owners with social media managers who have openings to take on new clients because I don't. And right now I have a couple of people who I vouch for and who I know would provide 
the same level of service that I would, so I feel comfortable recommending them to people when they reach out. Right now, I'm sending every single potential client that comes my way to somebody else because I just don't have the capacity to take it on. And once the guide kind of goes through its revamp, again, there's gonna be that centralized location for not only people who just have questions about social media, but for social media managers to step in and be that expert. I didn't create this space as a way to say, I'm the expert, you have to listen to me, I answer all the questions. No, this is a space that I wish more than anything I had when I started, because when I started, it was again, 2016, 2017, this wasn't really a job yet. I don't wanna say in general, because it was, but for me it wasn't. It was just something that I had learned about, I wanted to do on the side. I started helping people super part-time, just kind of put their Instagram feeds together for their businesses. And if I had known what I know now then, my business would be in a very different place, not only today, but it would have been in a very different place a lot sooner, a couple years ago. Because when I first started, I didn't have anybody to DM on Instagram and be like, hey, what did you charge for this service? I didn't have anybody to be like, hey, what questions do you ask in your onboarding process? Like, I didn't have any of that. Google had barely even heard of social media management as a search term. It was super simple. It was not as in-depth as it is now, but because of that, I wasn't able to offer a super inclusive or seamless workflow. And again, I didn't have anybody to lean on to ask those questions. And that's why it's been from day one of my business, my goal to help as many business owners and social media managers as I possibly can. Wow, okay, almost 53 minutes later. Here we are. Happy to be here. If you've made it to the end, you deserve an award. Seriously, thank you. I always think to myself, it's so hard to do solo episodes and I usually with solo episodes can barely push an hour. Like, barely. Like, I can't believe I even made it this far just talking by myself. Like, it's so much easier to do episodes with guests which is why I more often than not have guests on, but obviously today's topic was a little bit more intimate, if you will, a little bit more relevant, just something that has to do with Page Media Co. So next week, the guests are back. So many badass entrepreneurs are lined up as guests in the next few weeks. So again, keep an eye on Instagram where I will be announcing who these guests are. And seriously, thank you for sticking around until the end. I hope you took something valuable away from this. I, I want to be able to provide value even outside of you just purchasing something. It's not always about the money. It's not about me selling something to you. It's about me being able to help and provide the answers that I know are going to help social media managers sift through all of the BS information on the internet and just know that the next time you have a question about something like your onboarding process or your branding process, you can find it right there in the template shop. So again, from before, you can use the code THANKYOU10, so T-H-A-N-K-Y-O-U-1-0 to take 10% off of your purchase from the template shop. And again, if we are not already, let's stay connected on your favorite social media platform. You can find everything that has to do with the podcast and everything else that goes on in my business on my Instagram, which is Page Media Co. Same thing on TikTok. I also am going to be picking back up on YouTube in the next few weeks and making sure that I am getting some new educational content out on there. So make sure you subscribe on there if you don't already. Please, please, please utilize the Ask Me Anything feature on my website. I want to see what questions you have. And right now, the only place that I can gather them is if I put up a questions box on Instagram. And I just want to make sure I'm able to provide as much as possible to as many people as possible. So please use that. If you're thinking it, it means somebody else is thinking it. You are never alone. Please know that my DMs are always open. My email is always open. Email me, call me, beat me, whatever you got to do. Okay, I will see you back here next week. Love you all so much. Have the best day of your life. Bye. Hey, it's me again, your host, Lex. 
I would love if you came over to Instagram and hung out with us at the Social Media Survival Guide. You can also find my personal slash business account at Page Media Coach. So make sure we're staying connected in your favorite places. If you or anybody that you know is interested in being a guest on here, please DM me. Again, the quickest way to reach me is going to be at Page Media Co. But make sure you follow at the Social Media Survival Guide just to stay up to date with everything that's going on on the podcast. Thank you so much for your time and for being here. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye.